Welcome to The Leader's Guide, the podcast made for today's leaders who are looking to make a difference in their life and the lives of others. Let's get started. Learning to manage our time is probably one of the most important skills that we can develop as people. And it is more than just having a calendar or learning a time block. My guest today, Al Loveland, is an expert in helping people enhance their productivity. After working for 15 years in a major bank, Mr. Al Loveland learned that he has a passion for consulting and helping people properly invest time into their business and their careers. He took this passion and started his company, Strava, where he works with entrepreneurs, small business owners, and nonprofits. Mr. Al Loveland, I'm really looking forward to diving more into this with you. Thank you so much for the time and opportunity. I look forward to it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I mentioned a little bit that some of the work you do now is centered around consulting. Can you speak about your consulting career, how you got into that, and then some of the work that you do with entrepreneurs, nonprofits, and small business owners? Yes. As you said, I worked for, for, for a bank for about 15 years, and I was let go. And my degree was in history, so as I tell people, that that in 60 cents would get me a Coke. It was pretty useless at the time. But <laughs> Right, right. When I was applying for jobs, I found that um, I was getting filtered out because I didn't have a degree. And then I went for a... a a master's of management and it was built around consulting and reading the book was like reading like your favorite kind of novel and so once i started that i really got into it and, and then i started working with uh nonprofits, and i found they had abundant need and limited resource and the one thing i found was that they were burning themselves out they were working burning the candle at both ends working really hard and what i found was was they didn't have that balance between um between work and life and what and what I found working with, with small businesses is, is that, you know, you have your business to run, but you've got your family to raise, community to serve, and you've got to maintain your emotional, spiritual, and physical health. And you've all got to fit that into the time and the time frame. So it's, it's really taken me down the journey to the systems that I've created that kind of help business become more effective, but also people to become more effective. Because I found is that if you have strong people, you'll have a strong organization. And a lot of times people, you know, you can't, take one hat off when you go to the work hat. So if you're having problems in your personal life, you're going to have problems at work. And so um, this program is really to kind of help businesses. And one last thing too, especially with the, the generation coming up, um, you know, they want to enjoy all aspects of life. They don't want to work 80, 90 hours a week for a dead end job. They have got other things to pursue along with work, but also in the community and, and themselves. And you have to have time to do that. You said so many amazing things there that I really want to dive into. So um, I'll start with this. You mentioned just lastly that there's a lot of people who there's a little bit of a trend moving away from the idea of your job's your job and you go there, you work, and then you come home and it's two separate lives and people wanting to have a little bit more of a work-life balance and enjoy the work that you're doing. When you are working with some of your different clients, why is it so important to find that work-life balance and pay attention to how you're doing emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and physically, or in your careers. Could you touch on that a little bit more? Right now, economically, you're probably hearing about like the great resignation and people doing quiet quitting. Yep. Right. And one of the big things behind that is, is that it's not that they don't enjoy their job, is that the job is either not competently run or it's boring, or they're expecting way too much and they're taking time away from those other precious areas of life. And so what I really go into the organizations and I try, I try to say what are you trying to do how long does it take and how do you get that mutual understanding about how long things take and so 
one thing I do with organizations and I do it with some of my clients is I call it the life equation is that mm -hmm. you go back and you say, how much time am I going to invest in sleep at work with my family, with my fun, you know, with my personal development pieces. And especially now, as you have like some of your younger adults that are trying to go out and be students and things like that and try to have two or three part-time jobs study or, you know, have a sport or something like that, that, that you're doing, it becomes um, too much at times. And then people kind of retreat back or you're not getting a lot of things done because you're trying to do too much. And I, I think I, I, I really like that aspect that you touched on with when you're trying to look at as a manager or as a business owner, when you have your employees trying to in, in, increase retention, right? And talking about the, what is the, the work that I want to get done? How long does it take realistically? And what are the results that I want? Because I think that you can look at that on as an employee and two, right? When you're working for a job and saying, here's when you're talking to your, your boss, your manager, or your supervisor, whatever it may be presenting that question and establishing boundaries within your job of here's clearly what I'm supposed to be doing, clearly when it's defined by time-wise, and then clearly the results that you want to see from me. Absolutely. Because because many business owners don't go in, especially the ones that aren't well, run well, to go in and say, hey, we're going to work you 80 hours a week and only pay you for 40. Mm -hmm. You know, or we're, because like um, the one thing I do is that when work time goes above what you expect, you're taking time from those other areas. So like working with entrepreneurs, I always tell them that you have your spouse and your children for a reason. How much time are you going to spend with them? You know, you've got friends and people in your life that you want to spend time with. How much time are you going to spend with them and what's enough time? And yeah. It's pretty because I, I remember one time one person said, don't have this conversation with my with my spouse because she may want to spend more time with me than I do her. But also with that is it kind of has you go back and understand the expectations of both parties. But then also with work is it, is that you create that dynamic of once you agree that a task should take three hours, but if you're going back and let's say you're on YouTube or goofing around or talking to other people and it takes you five hours, well, then that's on you because you have to get that stuff done in a certain period of time because you've agreed to it. But if they give you five hours and they give you another project and it really starts burning your time, that's where that understanding comes in that says, hey, you're not living up to this agreement. Mm -hmm. Right. Being firm with those boundaries. And I really want to highlight something you said, because I think that we all have the different parts of our life of our career, our family, our um, mental well-being, our personal life and everything else. You can kind of box into your your physical life, your mental, your emotional, your spiritual. And you think of your, your life like a chair. And if one of those legs, for example, those different four areas are the legs of the chair. If one of them isn't getting the intention it deserves, one of it is is breaking it, shorting, then it the whole chair is subject to collapsing. Right. Or you're putting more pressure on other areas. I think that not enough people realize that when going really steadfast in their career or in their mental and emotional life or wherever you're investing a ton of different time, time's a, a finite resource. So it's when you're investing in one area, you're pulling it from another area there. And it's all about having that grand strategy for life, because if you're really driven, then you have to understand that you might not be getting to certain other things because you know, our brain is wired to, to focus on the things that we don't get done. And so if you try to go out and let's say that you're, you know, you know, a, a lot of younger people, when they get out of the house, their parents call them and say, you don't spend enough time with me as you have in the past, right? Mm -hmm. like my mom used to go back and say, mm -hmm. you know, you don't call on things like that. And so you're, you're not thinking about those things, or you, know, you might have a relationship and they say, you're not spending as much time with me. 
But if you're driven, you have to be able to go out and say, this is where I'm spending my time and why. Or you go back and you say, I need to exercise or I want to read more. I want to do these things. And that's one thing I want to talk a little bit about is that time investment. You know, you invest your time where you find it important. And then the second thing is, is that you want to get the highest amount of value out of your time. Because a lot of times people want to focus on productivity and getting a couple seconds here or there. But you want to spend those chunks of time getting the highest impact to achieving those goals that you're setting out rather than trying to get faster. At like, you know, one of the things I like to say to people is that nobody's going to worry that, that, that your shower went from 30 to 28 minutes, you know, so mm -hmm. you saved two minutes there, but to do what? And so like a lot of times you spend a lot of times worrying about the small things and not a lot of times focused on the big things. Right, right. It's interesting when we look at that work-life balance, that doesn't mean that we're spending the same amount of time in work that we are in our family, that we are in our personal life, that we are in our fitness. It's it, it's a ratio, right? And that ratio changes over the entire course of our life, depending on what's really important to us at the time. Um, and, and I want to dive into that a little bit more with the idea of that in time investment. You talked about that with the, what are you choosing to do with the time that you have? How is that different? Can you expand on the difference between this and time management? Well, time management, people like to go back and they like to say, how am I managing my time? Am I efficient? Am I effective? Time investment is, is allocating your most precious resource, your time, toward the things that you most want to achieve. And so uh, I've done resources or, or, or programs before with, with people. And, and I can remember one where she came back and she said, I want to do 220 hours worth of work in a 168-hour week. Well, guess what? You can't do that. You have to make choices. Mm -hmm. And so you have to invest your time in certain areas. And, you know, you probably watched a movie or two in your life, right? And, and you've probably seen extended cut movies where they go back and you have like the, the scenes that didn't make the, the, that got left in the cutting room floor. And that's the same thing with life is. There are a lot of great things you might want to do, but it's got to get left on the cutting room floor because you have to invest your time in the key things that, that make it worthwhile. And so what I have people do is go back and say, you know, where do I want to spend my time? You know, one of the key things is like, what's the vision of what I want to, of who I want to be? I call it the art of becoming, mm -hmm. you know, there's not a science. It's more about how do I want to invest the time and what do I want to be? What do I aspire to be? And then what steps do I have to take to get there? And then how do I invest my time toward that? You know, from a standpoint, because if you go out and say, I want to have, you know, a great body, but I don't invest the time to go to the gym or to, to make the right meals or stuff. Guess what? You're never going to have the right body, but you got to have to go back and spend time in the gym. Or I want to be very proficient in, in school and I want to get an A. Well, how much time are you spending in the library? How are you allocating time in, in the library? And then how are you doing time to be able to follow up to learn those different pieces? So you have to invest your time. And then from there is the time management is, is how well you manage the time when you create those buckets. Mm -hmm. So like if you're going back and you're, you know, you, you want to be a great student and your studying time is nine to 11 o'clock at night after, you know, goofing around all day and you're not sharp, that's not going to work. So what are you most productive? What do you want to schedule that time? And so you invest that time and also in those slots that make you most productive. Because the last thing I'd say too, is that, you know, one of my favorite jokes was what you used to say that it takes somebody two hours to watch 60 minutes, right? And so sometimes when you're not productive and you're not managing your time correctly is, is that you're taking too long to do something and you're not getting that return on investment of your time. Right, 
Right. And I, I want to get clear on what you said there, because I think you just said a lot of really great stuff. The art of becoming that you had mentioned there is that when you're looking at, at restructuring your time, being more time effective, time efficient, uh, trying to invest your time, as you were saying, um, that art of becoming, when you set that kind of that end goal on the map of who do I want to become in the process, is that typically when you're working with, with your clients or with individuals and they're trying to set goals and everything else, do you start with that, that question of who do I want to become in this process? Absolutely. It's the, you know, Stephen Covey had the seven habits of highly effective people. Mm -hmm. Number one is begin with the end of mind, right? What am I, what do I want to become? Because then that is your vision and your mission for the stuff that you do. And then the next step is that you create your strategy about how you're going to do it. Right. And then you go back and you take those then steps and then you invest your time to do those things. And then one of the key things is always to take time. I, I've been journaling for over 30 years. I go back and I can read my thoughts when I was back when I was a young man back in my 20s. When I go back and I see the things that I thought that how things are going now. And then also you go back and say, here's how I think the week was going to happen. Here's how it turned out. Because then you begin to learn, you, you gain experience, and you're able to... I always say it's okay to make a mistake. It's not okay to make the same mistake twice. Mm -hmm. You learn, you grow, you get better. And then you become more and more that person that you want to do, be. And that becomes through experience, not wishing it. And so you, you need to take that time to do things to get better. And then you go back and you always go back and say, what did I think was happened? What happened? What's the delta? How do I get better the next time? Right, right. I like that idea of setting the gold standard for yourself at that B. Right. Cause I think that especially with modern day goal setting, it it's a lot of the achieve, right? What do you want to do? What do you want to have at the, at the end of this amount of time, or whatever else. And when you achieve those goals, it's who you became in the process. It's what carries you to the next ones. Absolutely. And it's also about setting the right kind of expectations. I've had many people before that have tried to do so many things and they're really excelling but because they've tried to do too much, they feel like a failure because they've set unrealistic goals for themselves. And so it's very important when you sit down and you're doing that time investment is there's only 100% of time. So you have to go back and invest that time to make sure that you're hitting those goals. And then also to make sure that you're satisfied with it and that you're happy doing things. Because so many times people do things that they necessarily might not want to do. It might be a goal that a parent has had for you or someone in your, your relationship wants for you or something that you think that you want to need, but you got to make sure that everything's in sync for you. Mm -hmm. So you're pursuing the things that make you the most happy and, and give you the most satisfaction. And like with organizations is, is that it's the same thing on an organizational level, because you want to make sure that you're hitting the goals and objectives that you're setting out and that you're achieving things, you know, rather than just going through the motions every day. Right, right. I, I want to slow this down a little bit to make this crystal clear, because I think what you're saying is is really, really important in the in the scheme of goal setting and learning to be more efficient with your time. Um, talking to the people who are students and who are just pursuing their careers or just starting their careers or people who struggle with time management, right, or feel like they are the achievers and they have so much on their plate and they just don't know where to direct their energy. You take a step back, you're looking to be more efficient in your time and learning how to time invest. You start with that B, you start with that, who do I want to be in the process? And then slowing it down into what are the actionable things that I need to take in order to start becoming that person? And then in looking at my time, how much time am I allocating to these different things? And 
fill in the blank for, for me there. What, what are some of the next steps that you can ask yourself when trying to... to... One of the, the important thing is they have time traffic tracking apps on your phone mm -hmm. and, and to go back and kind of track your time because then again, you go back and say, well, how much time do I want to spend in the gym? I want to spend seven hours during the course of the week. And you go back and you see you spent two. Why? And then you go back and you'd say, well, how much time am I spending on YouTube? Oh, I'm spending 25 hours a week getting sucked into that rabbit hole of watching videos or playing right, video games right. or something like that. And it's something where, you know, it's not like where you um, can't have, do fun things. I always talk about, I call, I call them cups and caps, is that you want to fill your cup to a certain amount, but then also you want to cap that cup once you start getting over. So like, you know, with YouTube and things like that, you might like to go back and watch or Snapchat or something like that. And sometimes people spend eight, 10, 12 hours doing that, but it's their most productive time and they're, and they're not getting to the other things that they want to get to because they're spending time in other areas. Mm -hmm. And so when you go back and you review what you're doing, you inspect what you expect. And then after you do that, then you go back and say, hey, I'm spending way too much time on YouTube. I've got to cut that to two hours. And then you get that learning that you do as you go through the process, and then you get better, and then you grow. And then things get better because the one thing we do too is that we have to go back and, you know, like I heard something once about planting a tomato. You know, you don't go out and say, I'm going to plant this today and then tomorrow I'm going to make a tomato sandwich. Mm -hmm. You know, it takes 120 days for things to mature. And then with your time is saying is that there's a lot of times that you have to cultivate your garden and you have to go back and make sure that you're taking the time to do the things, but also you know, you're, you're not going to go out. Like one of my favorite analogies is, is running a marathon. You don't go out and run 26.2 miles tomorrow. You go out and you slowly build up and you build those things up, but you invest the time to go do those things to actually make you a better person. In right. That case, like the, right. We run a marathon thing. So it's, it's all about having that strategy and, and about doing the things, but then also assessing to see how things are going. Right. And, and it's building that, that tailored strategy for yourself. You know, you were talking about yes. the time optimization, frankly, where, where, you have certain hours of the day where you are more productive, where you are able to get the most work done. For me, I'm a morning person. So I know those hours of eight to 11 are crucial for my productivity. Later yes. in the night, like after, honestly, after like 6 p.m., I start shutting down where I'm, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm not as creative. That's where I can get maybe if I need to work, get logistical stuff done or um, administrative stuff, or that's where I can have that pleasure time where if I want to watch TV or if I want to YouTube or read a book or whatever it is, that's that time. But I'm wasting my eight to 11, my, my productivity hours, when I'm wasting it on things that don't align with my goals, that's where I really set myself back. And then too, if you think about as like a student or something like that, if you're being smart about how you invest your time, then you can still have fun. It's mm -hmm. not an either, or it's a both. If you're being wise in how you invest your time, and then you become efficient in how you utilize your time. It's about having that focus and sitting down and like, if you have a paper to write, it's going down and using your calendar to effectively do that and then sticking to your to your program. And then you go back and say, back to that time investment, I'm going to invest some time in the fun too, because a lot of times with this stuff is people go back and they say, I want to have some fun in life and enjoy myself. I'm young. I want to have a good time. And but it's but it's striking that balance. Right. Learning to work smarter, not harder in your life. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. I love it. One of my favorite ideas with uh, discipline is that discipline is about choosing what you want most over what you want now. Yep. And I think that that can be a, that can be a difficult thing for some people. But again, when you're clear about who's the person I want to become, 
what are the goals around that person, the actionable things I need to do to become that person, it becomes easy to prioritize because you can look and say, is this helping me become the person I want to become? If not, maybe there's a different time for it. Not like I need to completely cut it out, but maybe there's a different time for me to be doing this activity. And there's maybe this time that I can, I can be better allocating towards helping my current self become that future self I admire so much. Absolutely. And that's the thing is when you take that time to go back and journal and to look about what I thought was going to happen and what really happened, because that's then where you go back and you learn. Because, you know, the one thing too is when, when we're, when we're younger is, is that, you know, we don't know what we don't know. And sometimes what we know isn't so, and life is going to teach you stuff. Mm -hmm. And then you learn from your experience and then you get better. That's why I love the term art of becoming is that you're becoming something you're learning and not to be harsh on yourself, but just to keep moving forward, being positive, using that time and being smart about things. And then you become what you want to be and you excel in all areas of life. So I want to ask you real quick, because you were, you were mentioning that you have been an avid journaler since for the last 30 years, since you were a young man. Um, when you look back on some of those different seasons of your life, did you, I, I know it's usually a thing you're able to look back on, but were you able to notice yourself kind of setting that goal for who you wanted to become and then noticing it shifting, noticing yourself step into that version of yourself as you were able to look back over your timeline? I saw there were things that I wanted to do. I wanted to be this, Mm -hmm. but I didn't have the knowledge or the discipline to be able to do it. And so like in a lot of cases is, is that a lot of times you have this countervailing battle within yourself of the aspirational you and the current you. Mm-hmm. You know, from the standpoint is I'm not going to party on Friday. And then Friday came and I went out and I partied. I'm like, why, why did I do that? Why didn't I stay in the study? So there wasn't that balance between the two. And like, sometimes people say, I want to kind of not do the things that I think I should do because part of me wants to go out and have fun, you know, eight to 11. I want to use that time to go out and play golf. You know, that's mm-hmm. a great time to be able to go out and do that. I don't have to work on things. I can do my productive time later. But it's that responsibility piece, because that's one of the big difference about being responsible and irresponsible is those choices that you make. And then the other thing I I go back and one of the main things about writing the journal is, is I go back and I see that things weren't as bad as I thought they were at the time. That time kind of eases through everything and and it kind of moves on. And the things that you thought were really bad really weren't that bad. And then too, it it, it drew that sober judgment that I've learned through time and not to get too emotional about things. Mm. about not being too high and too low, but to be kind of steady, steady and even keel and to really to learn from your mistakes. And that's one of the key things because that's how you get better. Yeah. Knowing that whatever it may be, this too shall pass both the highs and the lows. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And I, I want to ask you one final question, just in wrapping up here, when you were talking to 20, 20 year old you, who was, who's an achiever, you were setting goals. Maybe it was, I want to go to the gym seven times a week. I want to get this job. I want to make this much in my salary. I want to get these grades, my tests, whatever it may be. All of those kind of things are do and have goals, right? I want to have this. I want to do this. How do you think that would have shifted if you would have started looking at the, who do I want to become in that process and setting those B goals first and foremost? I think that's the most essential thing that I've learned, like um, going back and looking at a young man until now, it's that why. Mm-hmm. It's that art of becoming. And it's like, what am I trying to do? And how are these things that I'm doing getting me there? Because in a lot of cases, people go back and they don't think about that. And then they achieve what they want to achieve. And they say, 
boy, this isn't what I thought it would be. Because like in my career, like when I was working back at the bank, I would work 70, 80 hours a week and I'd be promoted and it would be great and I'd have all this money, but it really wasn't filling me um, in, in that, that emotional and spiritual realm because work became my total focus and the other areas of my life lagged. I didn't build good relationships. Um, you know, people that I knew and loved kind of fell, fell beyond it and I became very solo focused. And what, why it's so big where I say is that you go back and you have these different phases of life that you have or the different pieces of life that you have, you want to be a successful person in all of them. And that's why I go back and you invest time to make sure that you spend time, people you love doing things that, that you love, but you also, you know, become accomplished in what you want to become. And that's why I said, it's the art of becoming. And so one of the things I go back and tell myself is to be a little bit more balanced and kind of work on all those areas and not just be so focused in one area. Yeah. I love that. I, that, that idea of the, the why and that who do I want to become stays pretty cemented throughout our entire lives for the most part. And then it's those those doings and the havings around that that shift and change so much. Um, right. right. Well, hey, thank you again so much. I, I've this the time has flown by and I I really had the pleasure love getting to talk to you. And thank you so much for giving me the pleasure of just getting to chat with you and learn more about time investing and time management and productivity and eagles and everything else so much today. You're welcome. I appreciated the opportunity. It was a great conversation. Thank you. And I've got five rapid fire questions for us just before we finish up, I finish every episode and then we'll okay. connect our audience to you and then, and then close out there. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Number one, what is the movie that you will always stop and watch if it is on? Tombstone. Tombstone. I love it. I love it. Number two, if you were given a hundred thousand dollars to give to one cause, one organization, where would you send it? The ALS association of Arizona. Mm. Mm, that's a good one. Number three, if you were writing a book on self-leadership, what would be the first or the most important chapter? Wisdom comes through suffering. Learn from your mistakes. That's a good one. Number four, I know you studied history in school. You mentioned that. Um, what is a period in history that we as a people feel you feel like we know the least about as a people? Probably the first the first decade to 1790s. Um, Washington, Jefferson, Adams, um, we kind of see those guys as people on a marble people, but they were real people and they had real disagreements. And the one key thing is that people are passionate about things and you have disagreements and you have to understand why. And the last thing is, is that in today's high charge political atmosphere, it's always been that way. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, and number five, I kind of asked you this already, but what is something you wish you knew when you were in your early 20s or just starting your career that you know now? One of the big things is, um, you know, I would say, too, is being a better investor, because as you invest your time in, and you invest your money, it's that discipline that you're able to put things away um, because a little bit back then becomes a lot when you're older. Mm -hmm. I love it. Well, hey, those are those are my last five questions for you. Again, Mr. Al Loveland, I appreciate you taking the time to talk with me today. Um, for our audience, everything else, where can people connect with you and your work and some of the messages that you have? Um, my website is, is, is uh, straboco.com, S-T-R-A-B-O-C-O.com. Or you can reach out to me at al at straboco.com, A-L at S-T-R-A-B-O-C-O.com. All right. Terrific. I will be sure to link those uh, in the bio so that people can connect with you and your company and your work 
more easily. And again, thank you so much for, for taking the time. I had such a great time talking with you today. Thank you for the pleasure. Have a great rest of your day. 